Hello and welcome to Whitlit, the funny books podcast, where comedians, writers and publishers talk about their favourite witty literature. And in this episode, I'm talking and walking with Alice Attlee, a delightful human being uh, who also happens to be a nature writer and reviewer. She makes the case that nature writing is not always the kind of holier-than-thou vibe we might imagine it to be. Sometimes it's just silly people being silly in a pond. Look forward to a distant ice cream van. Um, That's about eight minutes in. We're going to be talking about nature writing, funny nature writing. So we've come to, to Highgate Woods and hilariously we've come on the, the hottest day of the year so far. Alice arrived having cycled, had a little wander around, had a little catch up, little discussion, found a clearing of, of beech wood. Is that right? I think they're chestnuts. Fuck. They're chestnuts. <laughs> and I said beech earlier, didn't I? And you didn't correct me because you were embarrassed for me. Imagine. Imagine, imagine. if I'd be like, actually, I think you're fine. Uh, I'm sorry, I think you're fine. And actually, was said earlier. <laughs> so we found a clearing of lovely chestnut trees Alice immediately identified them as such because they've got like overly no 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 like um Uh, what's that shape over pointed oval ovoid ovoid, I think pointed ovoid leaves that are jaggedy and that's how you know Uh, and so we sat under that and actually in the shade it's dreamy uh, we're going to be talking about nature. We're in nature. We are nature, and and that's that's how we're going to begin. I'm joined by Alice, a regular reviewer for TLS. She's a writer. She's a reader. She she has known books, in particular the old nature writing, the old nature writing, and also nature and also writing. So I feel like the two of those put together, great. Anything else? What did you say about you? There's a magpie over there. That is something else you need to say. <laughs> Nature writers. <laughs> what an interesting segue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have to confess. Mm. I know zero about. about nature writing. I know very little about nature. I know very little about writing. <laughs> but I think the overlap between the two, mm. I'm particularly... Mm stupid about Mm. I was trying to think about the last piece of nature writing Mm. that I read or consumed in any way and I couldn't I couldn't (laughs) jolly well think of anyone what would be your what would be your definition of nature writing is Uh, that a really boring question no it's not a boring question it's actually an interesting question because it what's really interesting about nature writing as a genre is that people who are described as nature writers often quite strongly reject the label. Mm. For example, um, like Alice Oswald or Kathleen Jamie, both very well-known writers who write in various ways about the natural world and sort of human experiences within it and non-human experiences within it, have both sort of in various interviews sort of rejected the idea of being a nature writer. I think because nature writing in people's head is so tied to this sort of pastoral, bucolic, mm. sort of old-worldy, pre-World yeah. War 
um, sort of twee writing, which there's plenty of that still about. Um, oh, goody. <laughs> plenty of that about. I, I mean, I, you know, I love a bit of that. Yeah. But I think what good writing that is linked to or preoccupied by the natural world does now is sort of gets away from that without sort of rejecting the idea of beautiful country mm, lanes and mm, sort of mm. gorgeous hillsides, also questioning what you were talking about, the sort of environmental aspect of it and the darker the darker corners of how humans interact with the natural environment and what's going on with that kind of thing. The weirdness of the natural world and the sort of inexplicability of it, but without always sort of falling back to this like... I don't know, words worthy and sort of it's yeah. beautiful and we don't understand it and it's, I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, Alice, doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't sound very funny, does it? All <laughs> no, this. I know, it's not very funny. And but, yet. And yet, nativising can be really funny. Yeah, so when you asked me to think about like humour and nature writing. I gave her homework. <laughs> gave me homework. You literally did your homework and I did well. I can homework. believe it. I know, I know. loved it. Yes, I asked you to think, is there any that's funny though? Yeah, the answer is yes. And actually I think that the answer is that in order for nature writing to do its job properly um, and make people feel engaged and Mm. make people feel like the natural world is accessible, I think there has to be humour in it. I think that the problem with a lot of nature writing, and I think the reason why a lot of nature writers or people who people think are nature writers reject that label is because it's sort of it seems very dry and Mm. it takes itself very seriously and it can seem a lot like somebody, mostly a man, goes into the woods and sort of feels profound things and then comes back to tell us all how wonderful it is. (laughs) And that's just really annoying. And it's like being beaten over the head (laughs) by something that you don't want to be beaten over the head by. I want to be Um, beaten over the head by something I want to be beaten over the head by, please. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think, like any writing at all, I think there has to be a level at which the writer acknowledges that sort of what they're doing is a bit weird and Mm. unusual. Mm. So the first person that I was thinking about in yeah. relation to that kind of thing is this guy called Roger Deakin, who's like a big dog. Uh, he's not. He's a he's big a, dog. <laughs> That's why he likes nature writing. What's funny about him is that he's just a dog. <laughs> he's just a big dog. Um, lots of people sort of see him as this, the godfather or grandfather or uncle. Anyway, some kind of some kind of paternal <laughs> figure. Yes. <laughs> to what nature writing is doing now. And um, what did you say his? Some people call him Freaky Deacon, which is such a good fact about because I um, I'm well into him. I think he's great. Yeah, and what I found out about him is that he used to be before he became a nature writer. He um, taught at a primary school in Mellis, uh, which is near where he lives or lived, and he was such a weird eccentric. He would he was just sort of such an old school Enid Blyton esque <laughs> human who would sort of t- march the children out of the out of school and say, you know, we're not taking our classes in here. We, ha- you know, the sunshine. And we're going to go mm. under this tree and figure out what's going on here. Like, people just thought he was profoundly odd, and like he was <laughs> profoundly odd. Like he, he was originally in advertising in London, and then he bought this, basically shell of a farmhouse mm. in the middle of the Suffolk countryside, and then he just lived in it and built it himself. Like not being a carpenter just decided to build it and then there was a moat near his house in his in his garden 
and he just swam in it every day or sort of swam in it very often and then had this idea sort of swimming in it one day that what he was going to do is swim around Britain and it's this book is really famous it's called Waterlog and it's him deciding that what he wants to do is sort of go to different places all around the UK and swim in them and write a book about them. Oh my goodness. And it's, it's I mean, it's idyllic and it's beautiful yeah. and there's so many passages of mind-bogglingly beautiful, poetic, ecologically sympathetic writing. But also, it's a fucking weird thing to do. Yeah. Like, to just decide that you're going to up sticks and just go and he doesn't sort of follow a path there's no logic to what he's doing he just goes where he wants yeah and that's kind of this beautiful yes. eccentricity yeah. and he so writes himself as this eccentric character there are so many moments where he like he sees like a keep out sign so obviously he goes, goes over the in, keep yeah. out sign and he's he goes um it's like eaten owned land and he's swimming in the river that's sort of owned by them and he sort of gets this like school teacher <laughs> who comes and sort of tells him off as he is swimming in the river and he sort of tries to have this sort oh of like gosh. this land is your land what a this baffling. land is my land like <laughs> imagine being the like, teacher coming out at that point and no one swims in rivers anymore so no. this is this weird eccentric man swimming in your water being like i belong here <laughs> <laughs> and that is really weird and also yeah. Or, but lovely. or you know, yeah, lovely. But then he'll like go for long swings and then sort of emerge, sort of covered <laughs> in mud and and gr- like grass and you know newts or whatever, and then just sort of walk a mile back down the lane oh to where he left God. his clothes. And there's sort of these joyful moments of him sort of describing other people walking past him and yes. being like, and so I feel like he just <laughs> did it for that. Like yes. he did it because it was so weird. Yes, and he liked to be the sort of odd eccentric wilderness man yes and i feel like now when people talk about that book they forget how odd it was because mm. wild swimming is quite trendy now and that's really good because mm. wild swimming is ace but i feel like what's forgotten in all of those things is that what he was doing was really weird and also the really cool thing about him is that he he also records all his failed swimming attempts. It's not just him sort of having these amazing, beautiful swims. Like, it starts off with, he goes to the Isles of Scilly as, like, his first stop. And the Isles of Scilly is this beautiful patch of islands just, like, off the coast of Cornwall. And he goes into the spring, and it's this wonderful moment. He's sort of set the scene for us. He's on this gorgeous beach, the sun is shining. You know, everything's great. And he walks into the water, and it's obviously it's fucking freezing. <laughs> it's like March or February even. And he's, like, not wearing a wetsuit. And he's sort of started this book and, like, yes, given yeah. us this like, exegesis of this whole yes. plan of what he's going to do. And then, obviously, he gets in, it's really fucking cold. And like, he has to get immediately out again and, like, yeah. feels like an idiot because yes. there are other people on the beach. Or sort of tries to go and swim in, like, a whirlpool in sort of the middle of, like... <laughs> the Hebrides and obviously gets there and has sort of trekked out there brought his tent and then gets the water and is like oh I'm a bit scared I'm not going to do it yeah so it's quite good to yeah. have sort of and that and humanising yeah humanising not some kind of Bear grills. yeah of. it's yes exactly and I think that one of the reasons why that particular author has lasted so long is because or the reason that people feel so attached to him there's a real sort of reverence around him I think part of the reason is that people really feel like they know him. Mm. And I think the reason that people feel that they know him is because he is not afraid to make a dick out of himself Mm, mm. and sort of acknowledge his own strange eccentricities and also acknowledge the fact that it often doesn't go right. Mm, mm. I think there's such a big picture of sort of nature writers 
as people who just like know more about the natural world mm. and like can do it better yes like they go out into the woods yes. and then obviously something profound happens and they sort of know all the names of the trees and all of the flowers and then they sort of have this have I mean this sort to of be fair mate you were <laughs> you were describing the beach to me <laughs> no is it like it was great yeah but I do see what you mean about it feeling exclusionary yeah. and and yeah. this kind of like Oh yeah, nature should be for everyone, but mm. also mainly but for also us. But also for us, because we know we're initiated and we know and how to do it. Yes, and we're like, and you're ruining our nature. Mm, exactly. Yeah, a bit exactly. us and Emmy. Yeah, a bit us and Emmy. And I think that once you sort of make things humorous, and you're able to laugh at yourself, then that's when good nature writing happens. Because otherwise, it's just again, it's just like being hit over the head with somebody having this amazing time, and especially if you're like reading it, you know on the tube yes in hot sweaty London yes. on your commute and then there's some like bastard who's just got this amazing <laughs> life like living in the middle of nowhere and just having this amazing time you want to hear that they've sort of also fuck up and fall over and like yes break their leg in the wrong place and you know make a stupid mistake as opposed and to breaking their leg in the right place <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know breaking their leg in the wrong place <laughs> it's just the worst yeah um, do you often are you often reading like, do you ever read in the space that it's describing? I suppose you can't with so uh, many types of nature. Have you? Yeah. Um, how was that? It's always weird mm. because I think what that comes down to, and this isn't actually very funny, it's just the thing of like working out how people do just obviously to make a good book over-exaggerate things yes. or make things sound different to what they are. Yes. And like you can, you actually get there and it just feels like it's just a place like they've made it magic by writing it like I went to go and swim in a place called Gillingham where Roger Deacon swam um, and he does this quite a big swim from sort of one side of the shore to an island that's in the middle and the way he describes it it's like I've struck out into the middle of you know the Atlantic and it was miles away and then you sort of get there and you think not that far (laughs) (laughs) was this when he was quite elderly no he was probably like I think he was probably in his fifth okay okay so we're really not we can't really no 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 no. (laughs) yes and you know i didn't swim to the island i don't know how it would have felt to have actually had to swim it but it's that thing of sort of going somewhere and being like oh Mm. it's just like over there Mm. Mm. um so that's fun so yeah i have done that thing um people do it all the time with roger deacon yes like pilgrimages yeah roger deacon pilgrimages yeah i know you're not you're normally reading this stuff in the middle of sweaty, yes, normally reading smoggy in the of London, sweaty, smoggy London, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Do you feel like it's is it is the vibe is the vibe an escape? Is the vibe a finding out more? Is the vibe a um, enjoying the imaginary aspect? Is it the feeling like you understand? Yeah, do you feel like it's a fact or a fiction thing almost? I think it's a mixture of a lot of those things. I think that now, especially, I go to nature writing and I like to try and see how other people do it. Mm, mm. Um, And I suppose that's when I've sort of noticed the humour because 
I do a bit of writing as well, and the thing it's that really good. <laughs> you should check it out. We'll do plugs at the end. <laughs> the thing that I think about most often is yeah. how seriously am I meant to be taking myself? Mm, yeah. Because it's exactly that mm. thing. Like if you think you're going to go for a walk and something's going to happen, then often something else happens. And yeah. I and. You can't like make yourself into this profound nature figure. Like you're still I yourself. Tried. Like <laughs> really try. You're still work. yourself. Like wandering around the woods and like then you fall yes. over or yes. like, you do something really stupid. Yeah. Like, I always get lost. Like I'm always getting lost. But like so, but so many books sort of don't include that. Yeah. Like getting lost or like really needing a wee. Yes. Or like yeah. getting really hungry or <laughs> or it's starting to rain and sort of I don't know you lose your way and sort of everything goes a bit shit and you get really grumpy like that yes. stuff is never included. Yes. I am getting really lost. Is yeah. I I hope that that's going to be the name of your book. <laughs> I'm getting really lost. I keep getting really lost. <laughs> Subtitle and I need a wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I would I would pick that up. Yeah. So yeah, I think it goes yes. to nature writing to work out how other people balance yes. that. Yes. And definitely some people just don't think that there is any possibility that they shouldn't take themselves incredibly seriously. Yes. That's rubbish to read. Yes. So try and work out how to put like humour and feeling, you know, a profound love of where you are with sort of a sort of light handed mm. sort of lightness that doesn't make you sound like an absolute dickhead yes tricky tricky (laughs) (laughs) seems to be tricky will she achieve it nobody knows (laughs) um let's talk about rob talk about rob he's 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 an even bigger dog he's a big dog (laughs) you met him i have met him um he taught me at uni yeah um were you into nature writing before yeah, I was pretty into it before, um, but definitely more so having been taught by him. Mm. He's just really nice. As I f- was given more freedom at university to start thinking about what it was that I was actually interested in, writing about nature, poetry and prose was kind of what I was interested in. Yeah. So yeah, I think I was just really lucky that I ended up in the right place mm. to sort mm. of explore that more. So yeah, Rob is another person who is really good at humour in his writing Mm. so going on from Roger Deacon he has this very funny anecdote of feeling moved to go for a swim in the middle of somewhere in Scotland thing and he's just like covered in midges and sort of boggy and sort of (laughs) is it like a mile away from his car and then has to sort of swamp like back to the car (laughs) and then somebody sort of slowing down and being like no what's going on And then you just feel silly because you've sort of gone and yes. done this sort of impulsive, like, I'm yes. going to go and be yeah. in the wilderness. And yeah. then it's that thing of like somebody from the outside world coming and seeing you and being like, what you're doing is very odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's um, there's a very funny bit in his latest book, which is called Underland. Um, I've seen that it's been this particular section of the book. He's in Norway and he has to sort of scale this enormous sheet of snow and work out how it is that he's going to sort of get up to the top of the hill or mountain so that he can get to a cave where there are these cave paintings Mm. that he wants to go and see Mm. and obviously he's gone on his own and obviously it's very dangerous and the description is really beautiful and um, it's great to see him being reviewed so wonderfully but there's also this moment where he gets finally to the top of this hill and he just collapses because he's so exhausted it's been really dangerous he sort of was worried that he might die 
and sort of lies on the floor and is sort of having this moment of being like, here I am, lying down, like on the snow, feeling this, you know, profound connection to nature and looks up and sees this sea eagle. What an amazing thing, here I am connected and here is the sea eagle and then suddenly realising like this sea, sea eagle just thinks I'm dinner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I think that's like a wonderful thing because it's literally this sort of like climactic moment where he's climbed all the way to the top of this hill. You know, he's sort of experienced all this, these emotions going up and then what happens is he realises the nature doesn't give a fuck and yeah. like wants to eat him and that's it. And sort of the sort of bathos of that is really useful because that's the perfect thing of just not taking yourself too seriously. Of being like, I did this thing and actually it was really stupid and dangerous. And also, I had a great time, but also, no, like, nature yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. It's sort of, it's a bit like if you had, like, a really strong, unrequited love for someone. In the end, you've just got to make fun of it, because otherwise, yeah. how are you going to yeah. get through? And yeah. I think that's kind of what good nature <laughs> writing can do, is be like, make it's a joke out of a it. Rom-com. It's actually <laughs> nature, nature writing, writing the colon, rom-com. a rom com. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you're in an unrequited relationship with nature do you feel like it's more mutual <laughs> oh i feel like nature loves you <laughs> <laughs> um do i feel yeah probs yeah probably i reckon i reckon you I you're of, more into it than mm, they are yeah i think sometimes it sort of lets me hang out yeah but then ultimately it's not really bothered no i feel like i sort of go around quite a lot to see if they're in and mm. then and then like they tell their mum that they're not in but I can see that there's like a light oh, in their yeah, room. There is a light in their room. Yeah, and they're not really they're not giving me anything back. Do you think they're seeing other people? I think nature is definitely seeing other people. But you know that's okay. Yeah. Because I love it. Yeah. So whatever <laughs> nature needs to do, you know, I guess I'll just like accept it. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely nature doesn't really care about me. That's all right. <laughs> I, I don't think uh, we have mutual friends. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we would ever hang out. Facebook like, friends? I reckon we're Facebook friends, but it happened a bit impulsively. Do yeah. you, know, you know, like we met Did at a you party add them? once. Or I definitely added them. Yeah. They're not going to add me. Mm. And then there was just this feeling that they were actually just so out of my league. Maybe you should tell them how you feel, you know? How? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe show them. <laughs> how? Like Again, I say how. Kind of <laughs> ritual in the woods. Well, this is where this A is the in the woods. This is the problem that you get to. This is exactly the yes. moment where you're like, you do the silly thing because you really want to like do the thing. Oh yes. Maybe yeah. And then somebody watches you and you feel Some like a bit of a wild lunatic. swimming. Wild swimming or hugging a tree or hugging a tree. Mm. Yeah. We could. Well, I mean. There are plenty of trees around. There are plenty. And also, some of them quite thin. You could actually get your arms easy. completely around. Yeah, really easy. Not saying that I don't want to hug a chunky tree. Yeah. Because that would be a lie. But <laughs> <laughs> Not tree-sizest. No. Mm. Oh, well. Uh, also, a bit awkward that both of us <laughs> are seeing nature a little bit. I know. I we're know. both into nature. Well, I, I guess everyone. No, not everyone is. Some people should be more into nature, is the thing. Yes, you that's know, definitely Significantly true. so. Indeed, maybe Sig- all of us. Should be more into nature. Yeah. I think you're, you know, you're, you're okay. <laughs> I think I need to, despite me game. feeling that I'm unrequited, I should actually really <laughs> up my game. Okay, no, my question, I guess, for you is, if we're, if we're saying, which I believe you did literally just say, that 
nature writing can be at its best when it feels like there is this humanity to it yeah. and there's a bit of you know bathos to yeah. the bathos bathos to the bathos <laughs> <laughs> which sounds bit like of the beginning cheek. of a fun rap <laughs> um, where would you recommend people like if people have never if they're like me and they've yeah. never really read any, any. nature writing mm. and they want a bit of a like friendly mm. introduction to it Waterlog is a really good one and just look out for him being super eccentric, doing ridiculous things, and perhaps rather than being like, wow, this sort of other, otherly mm. man is doing these sort of weird things that I would never do, mm. just think like, he's just a guy going through <laughs> somebody else's land and like deciding that he's gonna have a swim, and I like, think about how odd that is. Um, he's probably the best person yes. to start with. And then work your way around. And I think that once you've got it, once you've got it in your eye and you can see when somebody turns back and says, and also this isn't very serious, look mm, what an idiot I am, mm, then mm. you can find it in other places. And if you feel like the author is taking themselves too seriously, just stop reading because like, no one wants to read that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Thank you. So tell me, tell me about what you've been reading recently. Okay, well, what I've been reading recently, I've been reading a lot about air pollution, funny enough. Um, that I- is funny. <laughs> <laughs> air pollution, let me tell you, air pollution is hilarious. Yes, I've been reviewing three books about air pollution. Um, and there's been some fun involved in that. Um, really? Like, actually? Yeah, actual oh. fun involved in that. Well, Crikey. okay, so there are three books. One is called Clearing the Air, one is called Choked, and one is called... Uh, every breath you take. Gosh, they're all air puns, aren't they? Air puns. So first do, do thing, the puns continue? No. Well, okay. <laughs> just a title thing. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want wordplay, <laughs> don't look here. Don't look here. Actually, no. One of them is every breath you take really labours the point of okay, weird yeah. breath-related puns, <laughs> and sort of tries to do this weird thing where are they it, all lyrics as well, or mm, just I think, air well, puns? I mean, presumably someone has written choked oh as a goodness. lyric. Probably not that kind of song. <laughs> every breath you take is probably the f- most famous one and the writer tries really hard to sort of make a link between the fact that Sting wrote this Sting? Bees? Sting. Bees nature? <laughs> that would have been even better but he was sort of talking about how Sting wrote this book no, Sting did not write the book <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist <laughs> Written by Sting, oh my god No, Sting wrote this uh, song about this uh, obsessive stalker who gets really obsessed with this person and that's what the song is about and then, he, and then he sort of tries to sort of turn it and be like and like that air pollution is also bad <laughs> so there, is there air are, pollution also stalking us? Mm, air pollution is very much stalking us yes, yes. if nature if, if oh, nature no. is our unrequited love <laughs> air, pollution. air pollution is our stalker oh no um, but the other weird thing about these two um, these three books is that two of them have got uh, real good praise on the front cover by Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? I know. <laughs> well, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was the uh, governor of California, and I oh, think yeah. it's yeah, kind yeah. of like a bit into environmentalism. Yeah. But it's really weird to be asked to review these three books, and two of them, one of them on the front, it genuinely says, "Let's work together to exterminate air pollution." Oh my God! <laughs> Talk Is about puns. This... <gasps> And then you're like, what do I do with this? Like, Is that a how serious do I... review or is that just like a, a, a semi-branding? Like, what's I don't the link? Is they a partner? <laughs> <laughs> is 
that's quite weird. And then you sort of wonder whether you're supposed to say something about that or just sort of be serious about the thing. And I did originally, I wrote this review and it had this sort of, these sort of snide, like, <laughs> ranking of, like, best puns for titles. <laughs> and then being like, this I would is like the only... to read that bit, please. <laughs> this is the only book that wasn't, you know, what didn't get pr- praised by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who knows whether that means it's a better book or not. <laughs> but um, sadly left that out. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else no. to say. There's nothing. There's we've nothing, done it. We there's have nothing else to say about me. There's that's nothing it. else to say full stop, no. I don't think. I think we've done it now. <laughs> done all Great. the talking. Well, that's all the talking done for everyone. Oh, you know that horrible thing when you're listening to yourself talking and being like, you're talking wank. You're talking wank. <laughs> This isn't funny. You're talking wank. Just had it the whole way through for like however long that was. Just awful. You don't have to use it. It's so awful. I'm going to delete everything that we just did. Yeah. The, the past hour never happened. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Witlit. Um, if you liked it, please do give it a quick review uh, wherever you listen to it. It's really easy. Uh, All you need to do is click where it has the picture of five stars. Um, Yeah, just make sure it's the five star. Yeah, yeah, the five, yeah, yeah, that's one. Um, I'd also really love it if people could pretend to be Arnold Schwarzenegger in this. Uh, Like, give the podcast, like, punny endorsement. Thanks, that'll be really fun. Um, thank you, Alice, for a lovely afternoon walk. Um, I must also mention here that Alice is not only brilliant about nature writing uh, and genuinely one of the loveliest people I've ever come across, um, she's also, um, definitely check out her Twitter. Uh, she's at Alice Atley, conveniently. Um, find out all about that and go and be all yogis with her. Uh, I'd also like to thank Hannah Shorten who has been, frankly, more enthusiastic and ambitious for this podcast than I will ever be. Um, She's truly an an excellent manager and show wingman, and I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope your relationship with nature is filled with mutual trust and love and compassion. Um, and that it lasts a longer time than the climate scientists currently think it will. Uh, lol. <laughs> <laughs>